shouldn't say that because these things exist outside of time in the sense that once we release it, a person could listen to it in the evening. So it's off-putting probably for them if I say good morning. But you're saying it to me. I am saying it to you. I'm you are not looking at our viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting is not a visual media. Um, <laughs> visual medium, I should say. Mm. Hey, let's see. Uh, in two days, you and I will be zipping up suitcases, heading to a charter bus outside of the movie theater in Oak Ridge. And going to Young Life Camp once again for a week of Young Life Camp as volunteer leaders. That's right, baby. Taking a, uh, some high school dudes for the, the time of their life for 6.5 days. And so in honor of that, I thought a traditional look back at some great blockbuster moments from you know, your 10 years and my 20 years of being leaders at Young Life Camp would be an appropriate and fun thing to do. I, I just have my, I have like an all-timer for me. Go ahead. I, <laughs> <laughs> Let the I was people telling know. this story th- to the, this happened between me and one person. Well, no, it was, there was four people involved, but I was sitting with, we, we were in the club room after, uh, the, the, for the, some people listening are like, I don't know what he's talking about. It's fine. Um, the, the big, too. the giant meeting space, let's call it that the club room. And <coughs> I was, I was just—it was actually one of your guys I was yeah. sitting with. You were occupied, yeah. And I saw this kid sitting by himself, so I went sat with him. And I knew him well from our from our Bible study. I knew yeah. his brother well. Um, and I was sitting there, and he's an objectively handsome fella, yeah. And it, it, so it was every, pretty, yeah. Every every girl was always in love with him. Yes, yes. And he was also quiet, very so quiet, aloof, very yeah. sweet, yeah. And I was sitting there with him, and naturally, two high school girls come up to him, and they are like, you know, they're being really sweet. They're like trying to, I, I mean, you know, yeah. they're. I don't really know how to tell this story. It, 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 so here I am sitting with this, this, this like, I think he's probably a junior at this point or something like that, or a sophomore, or sophomore. I don't know. And these two girls who maybe like a junior or senior come up, and they're like you know, being really affectionate and lovey-dovey towards him. And finally they say, hey, can we just, can we pray for you? And he, and he's like, sure. And they start praying and they're, you know, they're asking the Lord to help him and that, you know, all these sweet things. And in the middle of the prayer, this, one of these girls turns to me and it's just like, and what's your name? And I was like, Thomas. (laughs) And this girl goes, and Lord, I'm asking that Thomas, wherever he is spiritually would, would come to know you this week at Young Life. <laughs> and I'm this like 24-year-old Young Life leader. And I was like, mm, okay. Who <laughs> <laughs> was interning at a church also part-time. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's a great one. Um, one of the ones that comes to mind for me so, so quickly is like, there's so many that like, there's great little vignettes. Like one is um, when we had the pool Olympics, they have a um, they have an event where they put out these bikes, like foam pads in in kind of two rows, and it's a relay race. And so you have a couple of guys for two different teams that are going to like – the idea is they're going to run as far as they can on these – they call them lily pads, just a foam pad sitting on top of the water, and then dive into the water and swim to the to the other side of the pool, and whoever can get there the fastest. 
and always it's like somebody like people take two steps and they start to sink or they fall over to the side and they have to swim the rest of the way and one year we had um jason mcgee on our team and it's probably the same year it may have been the same year they were both in, in my cabin that year and jason like it was just one of those it was one of those athletic things of beauty where everybody at the camp was like wow mm. like he so light-footed touched the lily pads. I don't think they ever went below the surface of the water. Yeah. He just ran across them like like he weighed like three and a half pounds. Yeah. And then he dove perfectly off the end of the second one. So like he, I'd never seen anybody make it all the way right, across right. both lily pads. And he dove so perfectly off the second one that by the time he got in the water, I think he had like one leg kick and he touched the side of the wall it was just one of those things where even the guys on the mic were like oh that was beautiful and i have so many moments like that you know so many great little moments in a in like a, a frisbee game i think about even last year uh, nemo elmore making it down from the from the hike or whatever in like 30 seconds it was just like i never seen anybody just get down. <laughs> it's like it takes an hour and a half to hike and he oh. gets down in like 30 seconds but the one that, one of my all-timers is, we were at Sharptop Cove in North Georgia, and which is just a beautiful property. Like, if you're a high school kid, especially if you're a high school kid from kind of a, from, you know, like, not a lot of means, like, you've never seen a place like this before. And just the activities that are built for you and the, and the, the scope of it and the buildings and the, all the fun the play the amount of stuff there is to do for you and just like swimming pools and volleyball courts and soccer fields and zip lines and everything we get off the bus and um we go put our bags in our room and i was like all right guys let's go look around and everything one of the guys in, in my cabin in our cabin was um a guy who's now a professional football player and not only a professional football player but like the like a real deal wide receiver t higgins who plays for the cincinnati Bengals. well he like there's this place at sharp top where you go to the the crest of this hill and like the whole camp just opens up for you because you've, you've been in the cabins or whatever and then you walk and you crest this one little hill and he stopped dead in his tracks and i was like maybe 20 30 feet behind him so i walked up beside him and i was like t are you good and he was just he said i've never seen a place like this before and he was just like taking it in and I pat him on the back. I was like, buddy, <laughs> as your life progresses, you're going to see more and more stuff like this. Yeah. As, as our friend D-Rod used to say, everything the light touches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I just remembered one more. Go. It was uh, bedtime one evening, and our buddy Jay Hanna <laughs> said, hey, hey, Thomas, can I go get a drink? I was like, sure. He comes back with two Sprites. <laughs> Why you need two sprites? Why you need, hey, Jordan, why did you get two sprites? One to kill, one to sip on. <laughs> so you're telling me you're going to down one right now. It's just going to hammer one. And he's like, yeah, I leave one by the side of my bed, and then throughout the night when I, like, roll around or whatever, then I just I roll over and unscrew the top and just take another little sip and go back to sleep. Oh, man, that is <laughs> that is one of my favorite, like, just the phrases. Thought of, the thought of turning over at 2.30 in the morning and taking a pull from a warm, like, a room-temperature Sprite One to kill, one to sip on. What, my my wife would kill me because she'd be like, "You already brushed your teeth." Oh yeah, dude. No. You didn't take a sugary drink into your mouth. If I brush my teeth for bed, 
Nothing enters my mouth. No. Until it is we're going until to bed I'm now. in the morning. Exactly. Oh, that's so fun. Welcome to Ancient and New. Thomas and I are volunteer young life leaders. We're gonna we probably will not make a show next week because we're gonna be at Carolina. This time Point. next week, I'm trying to imagine what my physical state will be. I, I know exact well, first of all, we'll be doing the uh gosh. I ordered a new ankle brace. <laughs> No, I'm thinking of Saturday. Saturday morning would be doing the the new believers walk or whatever, but it's going to be it's going to be a great time. Yeah. We're going to eat more carbs than we've than we've had in a long we'll time. We'll also burn more calories in a day That's than true. we will in a long time. That's true. I'm I've never had a like a smart watch at a camp and I'm excited. Like my 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 watch every day will tell me here's your step goals for the yeah. day or how many flights of steps you should yeah, climb whatever. So like the week after next week it's going to be so confused because it's going to be like, you should have 17,000 steps today. And I'm going to get four. And it's going to be like, what happened, man? We were doing so good. I know. The week after the week after camp, I'm going to the beach. So, my, yeah, I'm going to be throwing my Sheesh. my health app for a for a loop. If you if you seriously, this is uh, we we don't do this often, but please, please consider praying for us this week because yeah. we this is a really uh, I don't know. If you're not a young life, if you're a young athlete, you probably know like what goes into a camp trip. Just the fundraising, yeah. the all like the the asking. It's like just the relationship building, the trust, all the things, and then the it happens. Course. Yeah, and then the thing happens, and then you're like, well, I'm spending, you know, like between both of us, we won't sleep on a bed no, for a week. No, we'll sleep on the floor, and I'm, you know, yeah. And also, when I was talking to your wife earlier this week, and. And we reminded each other about the obstacle course. And she just goes, Leah, I hate the obstacle course. I love it's that. It's so thing. funny because when we talk to, um, when when I talk to people I led Young Life with 20 years ago, and they're like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to camp. And they're like, you're going to, you're still going to camp. Are you mad? Like, what is going on? But, yeah. <clears throat> Thomas. That's the best. That's one. I just reminded the, Thomas yes, of another story. Okay. Uh, Take us to the scriptures, T. Okay. Welcome um, to Ancient and New. We're going to your third favorite place in the Bible. Oh Do you know where Lord. it is? I don't know what you consider. Thomas has, he has decided the <laughs> ranking of my favorite books of the Bible. Well, this is, uh, no, this is a, a lo- this is a general location. I can't say, I mean, yes, this is in a book, but it's a section of a book. Come on. I don't know. My third, it's my third favorite yeah. section of scripture. Yeah. Oh, dude, I have no idea what... The Israelites would recite these as they were oh, climbing up. There we go! He did it! Yay! Gosh. You should know this. These are your <laughs> favorites, by the way. Oh, golly. We're going to go to the first one of those. Okay. So, this is Psalm 120. I've just come out of the long trudge through Psalm 119, which is, <laughs> I think, one of my favorite psalms, which is so funny. I don't know if you remember this. There was a time in my life where I, I confessed to you that I'd never read it. Because it was too long. <laughs> I've grown. I've grown. I've yeah. grown a lot. That was probably that, six or seven years ago. Long. Um, yeah. And because uh, I, <laughs> I would just come to it and I'd be like, man, I don't have all day. <laughs> it never occurred to me to break it up. Yeah. <laughs> it, or just to read it all in one day. It's fine. It's it's God's word. Um, I love the idea that it would take all day to read someone. Yeah, it's it, it won't. Like a full eight hour work day. What is it, 172 verses or something like that? 176. 176. Thank you, Pastor. Um, 
So Psalm 120. And I, uh, yeah, it's just one little part that caught my attention very early this morning. I love this song. I know you do. Third most. <laughs> I need one more sip of coffee. Carry on, my buddy. What if this was like a morning talk show now? Probably is. We're probably going to start recording this very early. Yeah, we might do that. We've never done this the same. It's never. No. It's always been different based on seasons no, of life. When I think about the times where we recorded one driving around in your truck in some random neighborhood and you, and you stopped to save a turtle on the side of the I don't road. remember that. That's hilarious. We Yeah, we've, we've done a few driving episodes. That truck's gone. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm I'm gonna start in verse um, verse five, okay. Ready. Woe to me that I dwell in Meshech, that I live among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Um, I like I know that you know this just based on we have similar personality types in a lot of ways, um, Lee and myself. Which is funny because, like, I I have been, like, brought up by you in a lot of ways, like, since I was 13, you know? Wow. But, like, for those of the, those of you who know anything about the Enneagram... Now you're taller than I. Yeah, I am taller than you. That's fine. My mom would always say, but I can still sit you down. That's what she used to say to me when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she meant by that. I was like, what is, what's going to change? Um... Uh, so, like, those of you who do know anything about the Enneagram or give it any weight, and um, we talk about it, like, just a, a skosh on this podcast. Not not massively, but um, this is not an Enneagram podcast. This is a no. Bible study podcast. But I, I was just thinking about, like, there's been times in my life where I'm like, am I, was I affected, was my personality entirely affected by this person or whatever, which would be a great thing. But, like, it just happens that, like, if you... If you're someone who, I guess, gives any weight to that, it's your your enneagram number is shaped by your childhood trauma. Is that correct? Am I saying that right? Yeah, your childhood. Yeah, I'm putting that in air quotes, but your childhood experience. Your childhood experiences, it's right? How you coped with what it took for you to make it. So I've, yeah. So I like, I'm an I am a the number nine on that thing, which means I'm somebody who really enjoys peace, and. It's just funny that, like, that's what you would say that you are, and um, I don't know if, like... Yeah. Our family was trying to decide what movie to watch last night, and basically, Christy said, you're the tie-breaking vote, and I was like, I can't. Yeah. I refuse. No. I won't. I won't even... Like, the only thing that I will do is be in the room and watch the movie. There you go. Um, so, I... I just, it's just funny that, like, we have... We've been really good friends for a long time, and I... I I don't know if it's because of that. I, I don't know. It's just cool. But um, I I was reading this, and I'm just saying that to say, like, this, like affectionately for me, and I wonder if it does the same for you, just to to read ancient words that say, I am for peace. Yeah. I, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I was just like, ooh, that, that feels like a, um, like a cool breeze on a summer's day to me, or just something... That it feels like a like a bomb. I love it so much. And then I feel for, I feel for um, the author of this, who's just like, I've lived with these people who hate peace for so long, and they love war, and I'm like, 
oh my gosh, everything about me is like shaking for you. Um, and I, uh, I was reading this and I was just thinking like, if, if you're in a life that feels like the people around you love war or like maybe for yourself, if you're reading that and you're like, not like, I'm not talking about like violence or whatever, but like, even if it's just drama, exactly. Drama slash like conflict slash it, like seeking those things out. I would say it's probably time to shift your vision and say, and this is not, I'm not, I'm not objectively speaking as somebody who is like genetically made to probably over correct for peace. Right. Like there's times in my life where I am like, I will avoid whatever the thing is because it means less conflict for me. Mm-hmm. Our dog is, um, she, the moment she notices that like Maddie and I, it could be in the tiniest, like what, like, what do we want to watch on TV? Like, Oh, I don't really know. I don't really care. Well, we could like if if at any point that feels like it's getting like at all for some reason our heart rate goes from like resting to like a tiny bit higher. Our yeah. dog like starts shaking and then like crawls onto one of us. It's really adorable. She's an Enneagram nine. Oh yeah, to the max. <laughs> like to an unhealthy. It's like Dobby. We're not even. Nobody's upset with anybody right now. We're yeah. just having a conversation about what to cook for dinner. And she's like shaking, and cr- it's so sweet. But it, it's always, it's like this. Like, if we are in a conflict, we have d- like our dog is like the perfect barometer of like, okay, we need to like we need to chill out because this dog you is can read going Dobby's to die. Yes. To figure out, That's yeah, it's like a thermometer for the for that thing. But, um, all that to say, like, I'm somebody who can often overcorrect and avoid things because I so badly want this. But if I think this is really sweet to look at and say, like, what if I am the person who is not this? What if I'm not the person who is for peace? But, like, do I have the courage to look at myself and say, uh, actually, I am for drama and I'm for, I don't know, maybe, like, for is not the right word. But, like, I have a lot of this in my life. And it's probably time to reassess because I think about the person who wrote this and they're someone who has lived in a land where that has not been a thing and it's been the opposite and they a land of people who love war and um as somebody who does not like that somebody who would not have survived that and would have been miserable um and is for peace i would say it's a it's a good thing it's a good thing to be for peace yeah the i think the thing that i love about this psalm is just the outcry of like like there are things about this world that are so m- that are mean and I don't want to be here anymore like the it's it's the woe to me part mm. it's like like Jesus pronounces woes on places that are out of out of bounds and he's like whoa you need to you need to get this in line. but this person is like the woe is to me like I don't like this yeah. I don't want to be here I I'm looking for, my heart is yearning and longing for a land of peace, a land where there isn't drama, a land where I'm, where I don't have to be afraid, a a land where I don't have to be in high-pitched anxiety, like, that's what I'm, relationally, that's what I'm looking for, and I just, I love that, I love the, I I love the outcry of this, and that that's like, 
Um, that's the prayer. It's also interesting to me that the, the, the occasion on which they would sing these songs was the, the whole nation was going on a camping trip to go to Jerusalem together. So like, mm-hmm. imagine if everybody in Tennessee went to Nashville three times a year. Um, and it's like, you're just going to be around a lot more people. Mm-hmm. And that the very first thing is like a wail and a cry and a yearning for peace instead of drama, instead of war, instead of conflict. Yeah. And um, I think that's, I, I think that's appropriate. That's where we would start. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that, that w- it would occur to us to say. And <laughs> you s- it's so funny. I'm in like a, I'm in an extended family text thread <coughs> where uh, somebody in the thread the other day, there was like a problem with somebody else and some relationship thing and outside of the family. And so there were some questions like, hey, does anybody know how this went down kind of thing? And one of the people in the text thread said, hey, send me in there. I love conflict. I'll just get in there and mix it up. <laughs> I was like, it's not me. Hi. Mm-mm. I'm not the problem. It's not me. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I want to look at Matthew chapter 12 and not the part of Matthew chapter 12 you think I want to look at. Because Thomas, there's a part of Matthew chapter 12 where Thomas says, oh, this is your favorite. Which, there's a, there's a piece of this that I really do love. <coughs> a quotation from from uh, Isaiah about the Messiah. Oh, yeah. That is your favorite. <laughs> you uh, love that one. Oh, gosh, you're so funny. Uh, this is Matthew chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. You know what I'm imagining right there is uh, baseball players and sunflower seeds. <sighs> like cracking seeds and, and getting little sunflower grains out of them. I'm imagining that. Oh, I didn't have thought of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, his disciples were hungry and began to pick some of the heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. They're threshing grain. They're farming. They're working. (laughs) Jesus, uh, he answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. This is, I'm going to pause here for a second. This is really interesting because when I was a kid, I had heard, I'd, you know, I'd experienced this scripture w- being a Baptist kid who's heard, who had heard all the Jesus stories. And, but the selections of David that I knew about were, were kind of the highlights, mm-hmm, yeah. you know? And so, you know, it's like a lot da- of killing David and Goliath. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, and the, you know, and, and the, the whole, th- the whole thing of dancing before the, you know, bef- before the ark. And I hadn't heard that one until I Ooh. got here. Um, <laughs> uh, just a lot, you know, but the highlights, um, David and the mighty men, all that kind of business. Um, but, uh, when I was in college, I decided to read the entire Bible for myself and I read and I did it with the one year Bible. And what happened was by the time I got to the David story where this happened, I was, I already had the context of, Leviticus and the and then the building of the tabernacle in Exodus and all the laws about the the consecration the ceremonies the bread all that kind of stuff and the Sabbath so I had much more context for for this David story when it happened which was really really cool um and so like 
I'm thinking about that, and Jesus is saying, this was unlawful, yet David did it anyway, and he's using that to defend his guys, which is like this murky, like, what are you saying? Like, are you saying, like, sometimes it's, guys, yes, there are rules, but sometimes there's something bigger than that. There's something more fundamental than the rules. Okay, um, but... And, and I think that's incidental, but the part I really want to get to is, is coming. Uh, verse 5, Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent, like they work on, the sa- on Saturday? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So a couple things there. He declares his disciples innocent, number one. And he declares the Pharisees wrong for having accused his guys. Then he declares himself the the referee of the Sabbath. So some really, really strong stuff happening in a couple of verses. But there's one thing in there that's even more amazing to me than all of it. When he says something greater than the temple is here. Okay, so that's the piece I want to focus on. What he's saying to them is like, you are so worried about keeping the letter of the law of this uh, all surrounding this building that you guys built. You built this building. The point of the temple was to represent the presence of God on the earth and what it takes to get to God. It was like the design was given to Moses by God. But it was, every bit of it was crafted by man. It was communicated by man to man. It was human beings built it. Human beings carried out the rituals. Human beings baked the bread and lit the candles and and fashioned the, the, the curtains, all that stuff. And this was their understanding of like, this is how we get to God. This is how we have a relationship with God. And Jesus is like, what I'm trying to tell you is like, Yes, all that stuff was valuable, but the, the value that it had was it was supposed to direct, it was supposed to get you ready for when you met me, you realize I don't need any of that. The temple was all pointing to Jesus. Jesus is saying to them, I'm, it was, that was always about me, and now I'm here, and you're fighting me instead. Okay, so I think all that is really cool. But this is the thing that got me when I was reading it is, um, like, the temple was raised up by human hands. Everything about the temple was made by people. Jesus came down, not made by humans. He's always existed. Mm-hmm. He is not, like we don't do anything to make him better or to make him ready or to make him right. He does everything to make us right. He's the uncreated, unfashioned by human hands. Like, we didn't raise him up. He came down, and we don't make him ready. He makes us ready. And just, like, I think it's kind of one of those reminders, again, of, like, there are things that we get so easily distracted by and focused on when the whole time it's like Jesus would be like waving at you like hey 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 that thing that you care about that's not it I'm right here 
like there's a place in John chapter five, even, and I think there's a temptation even with the scriptures and like understanding the scriptures or studying the scriptures. He says in John chapter five, you study the scriptures, hoping that in them you might find life when all the time the scriptures were talking about me mm-hmm. and you won't come to me to find life. It's like, I'm right here. I'm right here. Something greater than the temple, something greater than the scriptures. Like I'm, I'm the point and I'm right here waiting for you to, to, to engage, waiting for you. And, and by the way, like I want to be friends mm-hmm. and I want you to relax and I want this to be a walk of mercy. Yeah. And, Oh, how I wish that you liked that. Mm-hmm. How I wish that you liked friendship and mercy and chilling out mm-hmm. and being with me. Yeah, it's cool. I was reading in John 20 this morning and, and, uh, it's kind of like John's basically signing off and then there's like an epilogue. Is that mm-hmm. the right word? Mm-hmm. Epilogue. Yeah. So he, but he ends it by saying, he's basically like, I, there's so many other things I could have written down, but there's just not enough. It's really cool how he says it. He said there's, there's, uh, wait, is it in, no, it's in John 21 where he talks about how there's not enough that was paper the in the of, world. End of John 20. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. I were to, if, if I were to write down everything Jesus did, then I suppose the world itself would not be yeah. able to contain the book. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and at the end of John 20, he says, uh, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And it's yeah. just, He's not, he doesn't say, like, it's what you're saying. He's not, like, uh, so you can know every tiny bit of detail about everything that says, and therefore everything will be good. And he's, he just says, like, so that you can believe, and then you'll have life. And it's, like, cool. So when you when you zoom out on our faith and you and you just say, like, here's the foundational piece of this. Which is like the conversation we're going to have with high school guys this week. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, we don't, we're not going to sit down with them and say, okay, do you want to know how to have a full life? Uh, First of all, go uh, make sure you understand and know and study and memorize all the scriptures. First of all, do that. Uh, Second of all, like, you have to, you know, be in church and never miss. And, like, you got to make sure you're doing communion. You got, like, uh, you know, we don't have this, like, we just tell them, like, do you want to know Jesus? It's not that hard. You just, here's 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 what he did for you. Do you believe that? Yeah, cool. And, and by the way, that's what I do. And come walk with me and let's do it together. Exactly. So, like, those things I just said, those are great, helpful things. And they're, sure. you know, they're important. And they have their place. Exactly. But I love what you're saying. I wish we would just chill out and say, like, this is, let's just do this thing more. And uh, well, even the Sabbath, I'm, I love where you're going with this, because even the Sabbath itself, Jesus says in one place, the Sabbath was not um, man. Uh, let's see. How does he say it? Man was not created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this. The Sabbath was not a thing to to like analyze to make sure everybody's doing it right. 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 It was supposed to be a vacation it's supposed to be good for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to you're supposed to. You're supposed to un like undo the three piece suit and put on your swim trunks. Yeah. It's you're supposed to chill. Yes. Or for Thomas, pick up the fly rod. That's right, baby. <laughs> Find me knee deep in the river somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, I love that. I feel like I picked up a couple thoughts and didn't finish them, but anyways. No, <laughs> I interrupted you at the end. I'm well, sorry. you helped me. Um, thank you. Not at all. Um, favorite meal at camp. Ooh, 
tough. Yeah, that's tough. Well, I. It's mm, a great question. There's usually like. It, some of them just hit at the right time. Like, well, that's the thing. You've been playing hard all day, and then you're like, oh, build your own fajitas? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, usually, like, the lasagna usually finds me at the right time. <laughs> or, like, which I'm, I'm not really, like, a steak guy. I, I really like steak. I don't really eat much of it. But usually there's, like, a night where you eat steak or barbecue, and you're just, like, get me elbow deep in this pulled pork. <laughs> there's just a oh, – Sharp Top used to do a low country boil <sighs> as the very last meal of the whole camp. And it was just so much fun. And you would do it outside and, like – which is, that's the only way to do a low country boil, is outside. Dude, I think there was, at Frontier, there was ribs one night. And it was like, yeah, like, I don't know how y'all, I don't know how y'all paid for this, but this is, yeah. this is good. And I, the size of the smoker that could smoke ribs for 700 people. Right? <laughs> it's like, right? It's like they drained the pool and filled <laughs> it with smoke and ribs. I don't know, man. I'm just, there. I, there's something about, like, that night for meal, whatever it is. Yeah. And you're just like standing on a chair. I I have a vivid image of our friend Travis Davis. Like you're singing these like old timey Western songs like Yeah, Clementine and uh, Oh yeah. Susanna. Yeah. And I have a very vivid image of Travis standing on a chair, like you know how you would like be in a bar like raising Your a glass. Jar. Yeah. But he is throwing the drink everywhere. Like <laughs> on purpose, just like, and it's covering people going everywhere. And uh, I just remember watching him and being like, "That is so fun." Yeah. And now I do it every time. Yes. And probably to the dismay of everyone who works at the camp. And I, but I'll do it with water. I don't do it. With yeah. Oh gosh! Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Lee. I'm Thomas. Next time you hear us, we will be recovering from camp. For, yeah, until probably the end of summer. This has been HMP.
saved.